0: Welcome to the podcast where we prod the sheep and beat the wolf. This is episode six, Christmas Rags. Introduction. When our Lord came to visit the earth, he didn't ride in fast and furious on a celestial chariot for everyone to see. He didn't topple the world's great empires with a legion of heaven's special forces, and he didn't sit down upon his rightful throne to reign, well, at least not at first. He came to the warm, quiet darkness of a poor young virgin's womb. That's where he went first, just as he promised in Genesis 3.15. In so doing, our Lord submitted himself to the same human gestation that he joyfully designed. He was fed from the umbilical cord that he artfully fashioned, and he became dependent upon the very mother that he wove together in his grandmother's womb. The artist truly did paint himself into his own masterpiece. Upon his birth, the king of glory was not welcomed in with festivals, celebrations, or the kind of feasting that was befitting his majesty. No heralds were sent off singing into the night. There was no governmental holidays or observances that were put into place, just the humble cry of a newborn baby wrapped in common rags. But why? It's here we must lift our gaze above the Hallmark card and Christmas carol exegesis. That's so common this time of year to see the point of what was happening. Jesus was not loosely covered with warm, soft linens like a cuddly blanket on a kicking, screaming newborn. He wasn't wrapped in those loose-fitting onesies, you know, because Aunt Elizabeth bought him the wrong size. He was bound and wrapped with tight strips of linen, making him look more like a miniature mummy than a precious moments model. But again, why? Why? Well, culturally speaking, the point of such a tight and restrictive linen binding was clear. It was to, st- to simulate a mother's womb. A newborn child had most recently spent nine months cramped into an ever-tightening uterus so they would be most comfortable in these kinds of bindings while they learned how to live in a wide-open world. But for Jesus, the symbolism of the rags goes far deeper and gets right at the heart of the gospel. We need to explore. So first... We know from Scripture that the angels directed a group of herdsmen to go and to find the child. He, was, he also told them to view these linen rags wrapped around the body of Jesus as a great sign unto them, convincing them of who he is. The rags are a sign of who Jesus is and what he had come to do. That's what it says in Luke chapter 2. It says in verses 8 through 14, In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, "'Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, that you will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger.' And there suddenly, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts were praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among whom he is well pleased. The rags upon Jesus' body were a sign, a sign that was meant to be looked at, a sign that was meant to be noticed, and a sign that these men were to ponder in such a way that they would come to believe three very specific truths. That he was born for their good news, that he was born for the world's great joy, and three, that he was born to be the Savior, Christ, and Lord, born for their good news. When the shepherds viewed those shabby rags, it was meant to be a sign to them of a very specific kind of message, a good message, a joyful message, a message that communicated good news. But there's more for us to consider there. You see, the word used in the text by the angelic fleet is the Greek word euangelizo, which is where we get our verb in English to evangelize, but more accurately to proclaim the gospel. But in those days, unlike today, that word did not have a religious or even a Christian connotation. Instead, the word was a very political word. A gospel quote-unquote message was a good news report about things like a victory in battle or a call to celebrate an emperor's birthday or possibly even a declaration that a new child had been born into the royal family. When these good news events occurred, singing heralds would be commissioned and sent out all throughout the empire to announce and alert the people that this wonderful thing has happened so that they could celebrate it together. But just because something was good news in Rome did not necessarily make it good news worth celebrating in Judah. We get that point fairly clearly today when we're thinking about our nation's capital that signs all kinds of abominable things into law and then calls upon the people to herald that accomplishment, Roe v. Wade and others. Oftentimes the things that our capital is celebrating are either repugnant or irrelevant to its people. That was true back then and it's true today. So when the angels alerted the shepherds of God's very good news, it wasn't an irrelevant gospel that happened to faraway people in faraway halls of power. It was a sign to them. It was a relevant sign that was happening in the next town over from where they were staying. It was a sign that a better king than Caesar had been born unto them, born from their own people, born into their royal city of David born to reclaim a world that had been lost to them, born to set up a throne right in their backyard, born to establish his kingdom that would never end. The good news that these rags symbolized is that God brought his kingdom and his king down low, low enough to be a blessing to his people no matter how low that they were. And you can't get much lower than Bethlehem, mangers, and animal stalls in the first century for the beginning of your new world empire. But it was in the humility of all of this where the good news is truly found. By going to the lowest region, born in the lowest possible scenario, Christ can be a relevant Savior to all of his people. Not just to the high and mighty, but to all of us. He went down low to where we are to save us from who we are, and that is very good news. Born for their great joy. When the shepherds saw the shabby rags wrapped around the newborn king, they were also to have great joy, which was a commodity in short supply in the shepherding industry, I might add. Shepherds worked long, grueling, smelly hours. They tended nature's dumbest animals and were constantly on guard for both animal and human attack. Because these men were shepherds in Bethlehem, which was a suburb of Jerusalem, they were also more than likely responsible to care for the lambs that were going to get purchased in Jerusalem and sacrificed at the temple. Men and women would travel to the temple from all over Israel And even the Roman Empire, unable to bring their own animals who would become too sick or injured in the travel to be sacrificed with the high exacting standards of the Jewish religious priest. So when they arrived in Jerusalem, they could pay for these animals from the priest and they could sacrifice them in the temple and remain in good standing according to the law of God. It was a wonderful blessing for all the people to be able to purchase their animals in Jerusalem unless you were a shepherd. To be a shepherd meant that you lived alongside of the animals, you lived with them, you slept with them, you probably stepped in countless mounds of sheep dung as you were caring for them or loving on them or even carrying them, some of them. And according to the law, at the time, you would have been in a perpetual state of uncleanliness because of them. Think about this. You could raise the animals that would be sacrificed for other people's sins But you were too filthy and unclean yourself to even enter the gates of the temple, let alone have any hope at all of sacrificing an animal for your sins. But as those shepherds saw the rags on this tiny baby king, they were pointed to the hope that they would soon have great joy. Their uncleanness would soon be healed. A true and better sacrifice would be offered for them on their behalf so that they would no longer be on the outside looking in with God or his people. This Jesus came to heal them and all his unclean people all over the world then and after, and that fact made them exceedingly joyful. Born to be Savior, Christ, and Lord. While no one would ever think to look for a Messiah quite like this, the angels told them to look at the rags wrapped around his body as a definite sign that he was Savior, Christ, and Lord. He's the Savior because he's going to save his people from their sins. He would stand in their place as the perfect man and spotless sacrifice. He would be their Savior. He's the Christ, the anointed one who would sit on the throne of his father David, and he would reign forever The one who would, with kingly wisdom and with a kingly mission, would stop at nothing until he saw his kingdom inaugurated right there in Jerusalem. He is the Lord. Because this man was not just a man who could stand in our place. He is the one true God who alone had the power to forgive us of our sins. He is the maker of heaven and earth who condescended into human flesh in order to save his people. He is the eternal logos who dwelt in eternal joy with the Spirit and with the Father who was born into his creation to bring that triune relationship to men. And this has become relevant to us, not simply because of his birth. We are not just a Christmas people, but we're also an Easter people. And this has become relevant to us, not just because of his birth, but because of his death. Born to die. The question that maybe you're asking throughout this entire episode is, why did the angels make such a big deal to point out Jesus' swaddling clothes as a newborn? Why did he make that a sign? Why were the shepherds supposed to look for that? Well, perhaps it's because that would not be the only time that our Lord was bound in linen strips. According to the gospel, he was most definitely bound with those linen strips in his birth, but he was also bound when he died. He was wrapped with the same kinds of cloths once more. It says so in John 19, 39 through 40. And the same angels who, who lit up the sky that night, who heralded these clothes as a sign of who he is, now sat in dazzling clothes beside his folded rags in that empty garden tomb, John 20, 11 through 12. His birth rags were a sign of who he is, Christ, Savior, and Lord. His grave clothes are a sign to all of us who, who he will be forevermore, Christ, Savior, and Lord to us. He was born that he may die, and he died so that we might live, and we live now so that we can live for him, this Christ, Savior, And Lord. Born for us. In his birth, he has shown his great love for you and I. No matter where you came from or what status you might currently occupy, he can empathize with you. He left the splendor of heaven to recline in a feeding trough made for animals. Why? So that you and I would never have to wonder if God was too busy to notice us too high and lofty to care for us, or unconcerned to reach down to where we are. He proved that when he left the highest place in heaven to dwell in the very lowest parts of earth to rescue us. He loves you, and that is good news. In the grave, he took our place. That's another thing that I want you to understand about this Christmas story, and especially about the rags that are assigned to you and I of his gospel. Our sin condemned us before a holy God, but Jesus willingly allowed himself to be bound by the rags of death in order to give you and I the new life that can only be found in him. He has done the work of redemption. He has been bound in order to set you free. All you have to do is believe, and it will be for your great joy. Finally, I want you to understand that Jesus did not stay bound. While he began and ended his life bound in rags, he did not come to remain that way. He broke out of those linen cloths to signal victory and freedom for the people of God. This Christmas, I want you to remember why Jesus came. If you're not feeling loved right now, I want you to look back on those Christmas rags as a sign of his great love for you. If you're feeling separated from God or distant from him and all alone in the world, then I want you to look to his humble grave clothes that were lying there in the empty tomb, and I want you to remember that he has taken your place. He came down to where you are. He went where you should have went, which is death for your sins, and he brought you out of the tomb to a place that you could never have imagined to be with him. If you're feeling bound by your life and your sin and your circumstances, your emotions, or anything else, I want you to look to the heaping pile of rags that Jesus left lying in an empty tomb, and I want you to remember that Christ has set you free. You can experience that freedom today, in this season, but you can only experience it in Christ if you look to him. I want to say as we close out this episode, a very Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for subscribing to the podcast and for listening as we begin this brand new adventure together. This is only our sixth episode, so I'm really thankful that you're here. A Merry Christmas to you, and I'll see you in the new year. God bless.